Hey everyone, Jeremiah here with Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Welcome to Monday. It's Monday the 12th of February, and we've got some topics coming up for this week that we're going to talk about, including uh, two-player games as we celebrate Valentine's Day this week, and we're also going to bring over uh, an interview that I conducted with John D. Clare, designer of Edge of Darkness, and some other fun stuff. So just stay tuned. We've got a big day planned for you and a big week. We'll talk to you soon here on Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games FM. This is AJ, and I'm going to start talking about some two-player games because it is, after all, Valentine's Day week. Maybe some of you celebrated it this past weekend or are going to celebrate it this coming weekend, or maybe some of you even on Wednesday night. And if you don't celebrate it at all, who cares? Let's play some two-player games. One of my favorites that Rachel and I truly enjoy is a game called Tides of Time by Portal Games. First of all, I'll, I'll start by saying this. It's, it's about, the price point is great. It's about 10 to 15 bucks, depending on where you buy it. So that's a great price for a two-player game, uh, especially if it's going to be a really good one, which I think this one is. Second of all, this game is beautiful. The, one of the best artwork, uh, some of the best artwork I've ever seen for a card game. There's about, I think there's 18 cards in this game, maybe a few more. Beautiful, gorgeous cards, all depicting some different sort of fantasy location set in this world of Tides of Time. Um, you're asking, well, what's the theme of Tides of Time? I'm not really sure. I just know the game plays well. It's got some sort of fantasy theme, um, and you're building these different locations in front of you that are just gorgeous. It is a drafting game. So everybody's going to see, or you and your uh, opponent are going to start with five cards in your hand, and um, you're going to pick one and pass it to your opponent. They're going to pass you their hand and so forth until you each have one left and you play the last card. On these cards are five different suits. These suits are going to tell you how you can get victory points. If you have if you have the majority in this suit, you're going to get seven victory points. If you have um, three of a kind, uh, or I mean if you have three different suits, a red, a blue, and a green, you're going to get nine victory points. And um, there's a lot more to the way that the scoring and the points work, but at the end of that round, when, everybody, when, when you and that opponent lay your five cards, you're going to score it up and see who's winning at that point. Then you're going to keep one of those cards for the future, and you're going to discard one of those cards for the future round, and then you're going to keep three of them and draw two more cards and play another round. You're going to do this one more time after that as well. And so you play three rounds, see whoever has the most victory points at the end of the game. It's super cool. It's got this kind of seven wonders drafting feel to it, but it plays in 15 minutes. I love this game. It is so much fun, and it's just a great one for the price point. It's beautiful, fun to look at. Um, it was so enjoyable that they actually made um, another themed one called um, uh, Tides of Cthulhu or something like that. It was a Cthulhu theme one. I'm not into the Cthulhu theme, but if you are and, and you think this game sounds fun, uh, there's a different theme that you can go with. There may be other themes out there that I don't know about that they've created for Tides of Time, but you can check it out on Portal Games' site. 
In any case, that's my first two-player game that I want to talk about today, but we want to hear what are your favorite two-player games that you guys play, and so go ahead and call in or um, leave a comment below, and let's get the ball rolling. What are your favorite two-player games? By the way, I love Star Realms. We've been talking about that this week, one of my favorites. Let's hear from you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Board Games FM. I'm Jeremiah Isley. And we are always powered by Theology of Games. And on the line with me, joining me today, is John D. Clare, designer of Mystic Veil, uh, Custom Heroes, Downfall, and the latest thing that we've been hyped about here, Edge of Darkness, which will be hitting Kickstarter on February 20th of 2018. John, thanks for showing up today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) I say showing up like you've stood me up before. (laughs) <laughs> um, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so for the listeners, we've talked about this game, you know, just in the information that we've gleaned off of press releases and kind of scouring the web. Uh, but from the source, can you just give us a quick two minute rundown of Edge of Darkness? Yeah, sure. You bet. So um, uh, Edge of Darkness is a card crafting game. It's a much more heavy game than Mystic Veil. Um, so thematically, we're, um, each player is a guild leader, and our objective is to be the most powerful guild leader in this, in this particular city that we're in. Um, this particular city, though, is beset by um, an evil force from the Forsaken Realm that is threatening our city. Um, and uh, we want to defend the city for our own personal reputation gains, right? Um, uh, the mechanics of the game, uh, there's, a, there's quite a number of, of some fairly unique things going on. So um, obviously the card crafting, um, but in this game, the card crafting actually has something else going on. The cards are actually double-sided. So whenever you upgrade the front side of the card, which is the card side that we get to interact with and use, you also are upgrading the back side of the card, which represents the threats and demons that are threatening the city. Um, so the game scales with the players. We're also all playing out of one central deck. So instead of us having our own deck, we're actually drawing from and discarding to the same central deck. And in that deck, some of the cards in there are owned by different players in the game. So when I draw cards, I might draw cards that you own. And I can use your cards, which is great. And whenever I use your cards, I have to pay to use them. And then a bunch of the cards in that deck are neutral. Um, but there's an action in the game that you can take to actually put a slip into one of the neutral cards that marks it as yours. So the deck is actually changing as we play in terms of who owns what what percentage or what cards in the deck. Um, cards in this game are balanced via a worker placement mechanic. So, so when you get upgrades, they're actually free. You just get one per turn. But um, how they're balanced is some of them require you to place workers at locations, and some are more worker intensive than others. So the very simple effect might just give you some money, right? And that's all it does. And then another effect might have a really powerful bonus, but you have to spend workers or place workers at a particular location and have a certain amount there in order to power up the effect. So that's how the balancing works. Um, There's a cube tower in the game, which drives how the threats attack. So every turn we're throwing a certain number of cubes into the tower which will tumble down and, and indicate what threat attacks who, and there's and it's balanced so that players can sort of see what's coming in a, in a sort of a probability range. They can make it they can make an educated guess about what's going to happen, but they don't know for sure. And then finally, the big piece is um, the game's a modular has a modular setup. So uh, there's ten locations, uh, worker placement locations, and advancement combinations used 
in every game. Um, but the base game, if if we get if we hit no stretch goals and you get no expansions, um, the base game will have like 21 um, or so of them. Um, and if we hit stretch goals, we'll have more than that. So each game you use 10, um, and each set of 10 is a is a is a game that you can play multiple times with different paths to victory. Um, and then you know, then you can swap out other locations and try a new setup. Um, so there's actually a lot of, there's a lot of replayability in in um, baked into that. Well, that concludes part one of my interview with John D. Clare, designer of Edge of Darkness. Stay tuned for part two of my interview here on Board Games FM, coming up right now. Welcome back to Board Games FM, and this is part two of my interview with John D. Clare, designer of such games as Mystic Veil, Custom Heroes, very successfully kickstarted Downfall with Tasty Minstrel Games, and designer of the upcoming release from AEG, Edge of Darkness. So this is in the realm of Mystic Veil. Did you create this because you wanted to work in that space again, or how did that how did that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually came up with Edge of Darkness first, back um, uh, 20, 2014, I was working on this game a lot. Um, and, it, and I sold it to, Edge, to Alderac Entertainment Group, um, and, then, and then later decided um, I was gonna try to start working on a lighter, more accessible sort of gateway style game that had less unique stuff going on and just focused on the card crafting aspect. And that ended up being Mystic Veil. And then it was Alderac's decision to uh, merge the two universes into a consistent consistent world. Um, uh, Edge of Darkness is, um, the, the mechanics in Edge of Darkness are much more evocative of the theme than Mystic Veil was, um, which which is partly due to it being a more um, more complex game. So there's more ways that the theme can be integrated with the mechanics, whereas Mystic Veil was um, a very very straightforward engine builder, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, I am super out of time right now, but I wanted to thank you for joining us. And uh, again, check out Myst- or not Mystic Veil, Edge of Darkness, hitting <laughs> Kickstarter on February 20th. John, thanks so much for spending time with us. Hey, thanks for having me. This was good. There it is, my interview with John D. Clare, game designer extraordinaire. <laughs> that rhymes. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also listen to my full-length interview on the latest episode of That's How I Roll. Just head over to theologyofgames.com slash roll and look for episode 69. That will feature a full interview with John Clare in which we discuss how he got into game design in the first place and the creation and the origin of card crafting games. All right, that's all we've got for right now. Stay tuned to Board Games FM. As always, we are powered by theologyofgames.com.